Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Have you ever noticed someone who looks sad all the time? You get to see it on their face. You can see it on how they respond to others. And you can just tell when a person has been living in grief for a long time. Prolonged grief can have negative effects in every area of your life. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this episode of the Mental Health Today show, Consequences of Unresolved Grief, coming right up. Hello, champions. Welcome to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray, and I am a board-certified counselor, and I am so glad that you are joining me today. If you're not following the show, please subscribe to the Mental Health Today show. I would much greatly appreciate it. (laughs) The Mental Health Today show is all about encouraging and inspiring you to work on your mental health. If you desire to work on your mental health, You are a champion, and I'm glad you are part of this community. So I why champion? (laughs) It's another word for an advocate. You and I are advocates of mental health, but I like the word champion better because it really uh, brings out the work that's involved in working on your mental health. Working on your mental health, it is hard work, isn't it? It's hard. And you have to work at it every single day. So you are a champion of your mental health. And that's why I like to call you champions. (laughs) So you are champions. So today I'm going to talk about a very, very difficult topic. But one that needs to be talked about. And and that is, is the consequences of unresolved grief. And you know what I mean by unresolved grief, right? It's when someone is kind of stuck in the process of their grief. And maybe the tragedy, the loss happened a long time ago, but they still are just kind of stuck in that grief. And they kind of allow it to kind of take over their life. And grief can come from all sorts of places. It could be a death of a loved one. It could be an accident that leaves you paralyzed. It could be a broken relationship, a job loss an unfulfilled dream, sickness. So no matter what your loss is, it hurts and it's lonely and sometimes it's terrifying. And so this is a very difficult topic. And I know for some of you, this could be a trigger and and, and it might bring up some, some emotion because you lost something or someone in your life. And so I get it. And I want to treat this episode with the most respect and with a lot of dignity, but I cannot just ignore this topic. Uh, It's something that we all need to hear and we need to be reminded of because whether we want it to or not, grief is going to hit us. 
at some point. And some of you, grief and loss have, has hit a lot of you a lot of times. Too many times, right? Too many times you have lost somebody or something in your life. And the complexity of all of that adds up. And it starts to take a toll on your emotions. And then people can see it in your face or how you respond to others. So this is a difficult topic. I don't know what kind of loss that you have experienced. I know for me, I have lost several loved ones, a best friend. I've lost jobs. So it's painful. Uh, In fact, I, I remember as if it was yesterday, I was in high school when uh, my we had to put my dog down, and that was my best friend. I lived in the country, and it was all by myself. Uh, n- no neighbors really anywhere close, and so my dog, Duchess, and I spent a lot of time outside together. Uh, all through, ever since I was, we got her when I was in second grade, and we I had to uh, dig her grave because she had cancer. Uh, when I was, I believe I was in junior or senior in high school, and I cried every uh, every shovel I was d- digging a hole. Um, we if, thankfully we lived in the country, and we can do that sort of thing in the country, and and so I had to dig her grave, and I was sobbing. And if you lost a pet, it is like losing a family member. And I remember that just that gut wrenching feeling of all these memories that I had and now the the dog that I loved was gone what was I going to do now that was kind of the thoughts that was going through my mind and no dog would ever replace her and that was my first experience of real death it was a dog and for some of you that's that's that is your first experience too Others of you have experienced way, way more uh, intense grief of a loss of perhaps a child, maybe a miscarriage or a stillbirth. Um, it could be an accident or, or a sickness that took away your child. I cannot imagine the grief that you may be going through. I have counseled many uh couples and families who have lost a child and it is a very very intense and difficult sessions and uh, it it is a very vulnerable time when someone comes and talks about their grief and their loss of their loved one and something that they never expected it was a complete surprise most of them Um, unless you're you're facing sickness and you know eventually death is going to catch up with you. It's, it's still, it still kind of takes you off guard, doesn't it? And so I, 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 if you have lost a loved one, this, is, this episode is dedicated to you. And again, I, I, uh, I hope this is encouraging to you and not as um, uh, kind of a stirring up those hurtful emotions. But if you're hanging on to grief and it's been a long, long, long time 
and you haven't been able to move on, you are probably experiencing some consequences of your unresolved grief. And, and so I need to talk to you about that. Or maybe, maybe it's uh, someone that you know that you care about that is hanging on to grief and they're not quite ready to get back into life. And, and yet it's been years and years. And so this episode would be good for you to hear too. So you can know what to say, or you can share this episode to uh, that person. And um, so I, I want to talk a little bit. Um, when you think of grief, I'm sure you've heard of the Kubler-Ross model, the five stages of grief. And I think that's a good an uh, explanation of the stages that we all go through. Yes, it might be a little different for some, but for the most part, this is a good model. Uh, and it's there's five stages, and the first one is denial. The second one is anger. The third one is bargaining. The fourth stage is depression. And the fifth stage is acceptance and moving on. So the first stage is denial. And, and at this stage... You refuse to believe that the loss is real. It's like a bad dream or a false report. Someone got it wrong. This can't be the person that, that I love that is uh, something bad has happened. And you start to think, well, after all, tragedy can't happen to me. It can't happen to my loved one. We can say things or we think things that they're too young or you just started your job. You just got married. You just saw them yesterday. It didn't really happen. Somebody must be mistaken. And denial happens when the reality of the situation has not yet fully processed in your mind. You haven't quite processed it yet. It's You're refusing, actually, to process it. And when your mind and your heart are not in alignment, you're in denial. That you refuse to accept it because it's too painful. For whatever reason, you're not ready to move on. You're just denying it. The people who have told you must be wrong. You must have gotten a false report and somebody must be wrong. Somebody must have gotten a false a wrong report. And that person just doesn't understand. They don't know the situation. Or you just tell yourself this, this is not reality and you feel numb to it, to the news. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. 
and you just don't want to accept it. You're not ready to. The second stage is anger. Anger is an outward reaction to a much deeper emotion that's not fully expressed yet. And anger can often comes from grief in many forms, and it's a, a type of self-protection. You can become angry at the person you lost. You can be angry at God. You can become angry at others. But many times you become angry at yourself. And sometimes you're blaming yourself for the loss. If you just would have done something a little bit better, if you would have said something sooner, you just get angry at yourself. You don't know who else to get angry at, so you turn it to yourself because you could have done something. You're just angry at the world. You're angry at people. You're angry at the person who got into the accident and killed your child. And that anger just eats away at you and you become angry at others for apparently no reason because you're just angry. You're angry at the loss in your life. The third stage is bargaining and bargaining happens when you try to convince yourself that you could have done something to prevent the loss if only, if I would have, if I should have, be, become a resounding message in your thoughts, the, the would-haves and could-haves and should-haves, as if somehow you could have prevented the loss. If only I would have kept my daughter home, she would be alive today. If only I would have been more convincing, I could have prevented my son from running away from home and becoming addicted to meth. If only I would have answered the phone so I could have talked to my friend out of doing something terrible. It should have been me instead of my husband. These are bargaining thoughts that cycle in your mind and eventually can lead to depression. When you fill in your own blanks of what you should have done or what you could have done, You fill in the own blanks, and and most of the time, it's pointing towards yourself. And then you get bitter and resentful uh, that you should have done more. And then the fourth stage is depression. And depression is a loss of hope and negative thoughts that nothing will ever help you feel better. Those thoughts become predominant in your life. You become convinced that life is over and every day is bleak and gloomy. You lose interest in almost everything. You withdraw from those you love and you start to hate your life. And eventually you start to feel better and and you'll transition into what's called a final stage of acceptance. But in this depression stage, this is where many people get stuck. They're, they're reluctant to give up the memories that they had and to move on because they think, if I move on, I'm going to forget my loved one. I've heard that many, many times. And, and the reality is you'll never forget. You can have a wonderful memory of your loved one, but you're not going to forget. 
it's being and staying depressed is not going to bring your loved one back. They're going to, they want you to live life again. They would want you to enjoy life. So the fifth stage then is acceptance. And when you get to this stage, you are, you're able to let go of the grief and then, then it becomes resolved grief and you, you come to terms with your loss and it's acknowledging that, that you're going to be okay. And you start to believe that, that you're going to be okay. You know, many people think if you reach this stage, then you're going to not care or forget about your loved one. Like I said, and, and that's just not the case. You'll remember the good times you had and live in a memorial to that person. You might have a day that you dedicate every year to that person and have a celebration. Your loved one would not want you to be stuck in any of the four stages of grief. They would want you to move on with your life and be happy. And moving on doesn't mean forgetting. It means that you are stronger because of the loss of your loved one. An unresolved grief comes from being stuck in the first four stages, which is denial, anger, bargaining, or depression. Those first four stages, if you're stuck, then you are going to have unresolved grief. And that unresolved grief can make you really um, into a person you don't want to be. You can blame the accident. You can blame the loss. You can blame others. But if you don't work on your own grief, uh, you are the one that's keeping you stuck in those stages, whether it's denial or anger or bargaining or depression, depression. And some of the consequences of unresolved grief can be becoming an angry and bitter person, or you lose trust in just about everybody. You become addicted to unhealth, unhealthy habits and and it takes a physical toll on your body. They can tell by looking at your face that you are still grieving. You're not sleeping well. You're not eating well. You look older than you really are. You lost your smile. You become a pessimistic person. You keep others at a distance. These are all consequences of unresolved grief that it affects you, but it also affects those around you. And you might get angry at somebody who maybe have a, has reached that, that acceptance stage, but you haven't yet. And you're angry at that person because you just think that they want to forget and move on. And in your mind, being depressed, you're not going to forget and you're just going to stay there because somehow in your mind that you're closer to that person. But the reality is you're stuck. You're in unresolved grief. You're not able to move on and your loved one would want you to move on. But how, how do you move on when you lost someone so dear to you and you're depressed or you're in denial or you're bargaining and you're just not ready to accept? How do you move on? Well, that's a good question. And there are certain steps that you can take, but you have to you have to be ready. And sometimes grief does take some time. And I'm not saying 
you should be in the acceptance stage in two weeks. Uh, there's really not a, a, a timeline. Uh, however, if you're still stuck in depression or stuck in one of the first four stages and it's been years and years, that's probably too long. So there's got to be a time where you do go through those stages. You don't rush through them. You go through them, hopefully with others and not just by yourself. And it does take time. It may take you six months to a year. And that's okay. There's no rush. But on the other hand, you don't want to stay stuck for years either. So what do you do? when you have unresolved grief. So your next steps, uh, you're not going to necessarily like it and that's okay, but these are my recommendations as a professional counselor. So your next step is you have to forgive yourself. Forgiveness. Yes. Forgiveness, either yourself or you need to forgive others. You got to forgive. If you don't forgive, you're hanging on to something and life is too short to not forgive. Forgive yourself and forgive others. If it's been years and you're hanging on to the grief and it's taking a toll on your life, you need to go to therapy. You need to talk to to a therapist. I know you're probably avoiding it. You're probably saying, I don't want to go to a therapist. What are you talking about? Okay, well, it's totally up to you. It's your life. But if you really want to get past this, obviously what you've done to this point, if it's been years, is not working. You need to talk to somebody who is a professional who can help you get through your grief in a healthy way. You can't keep putting it off. You can't keep thinking, well, I'll get better someday. Hey, if it's been years and you haven't felt better, the odds are you're going to just get worse. So go to a therapist. Talk to somebody. Talk to your loved ones, to others, uh, to your loved one, to others. Have memory, laugh, make a memory journal. Tell your story by telling their story. I remember my, uh, when my best friend in college, he uh, was uh, killed in an automobile accident and I was going to be his best man in his wedding that he was going to get married a month later. And I have used his story. I've told his story to countless people because it's a very powerful story. And it's a testimony of God's grace, even in the midst of tragedy. And so I told my story by telling uh, my friend's story. Uh, So you can make a memorial as well. And that's something that you can do. You can visit the graveyard or um, any type of memorial. You can write about your grief in a book or an article, and you can honor your loved one. Uh, You can find something that indicates to yourself that you are moving forward. Uh, It could be a trip. It could be something fun in honor of your loved one. Or um, uh, if you lost your job, you can do something fun, even though as you're ready to move on, you can celebrate the fact that Uh, Wherever you're at now, you wouldn't be there if you didn't lose your job. So these are some things that you can do if you have unresolved grief. And I just, if you are hanging on to your grief and it's been years, I just want to really encourage you 
that you need to start letting go. Letting go doesn't mean forgetting or giving up on your memory of your loved one. And in fact, it's contrary to that. It's acknowledging that that person had a powerful and profound effect in your life and you are choosing to live life uh, as that person would want you to live. Moving on and, and accepting, being an accepting stage of your grief and your loss, uh, if you can get to that point, and I believe, by the way, you can and you will get to that point. It may take some work. It may take some time. But once you get there, you will be a very strong person by going through all these stages of grief. You'll be stronger and you will have more resilience and more grit. So when you go through something else that's going to be hard, it's going to be a little bit easier because of the work that you did in your grief. And once you're able then to get to that point, you can help someone else. And that's the ultimate memorial, if you will, of uh, the, if you lost somebody and you're grieving and you're to a point where you're able to accept it and move on and you're stronger, uh, that's the ultimate thing that you can do, ultimate love, is to help somebody else going through grief as well. So you can share what you have experienced. You can share your, your emotions, your struggles of going through those stages and you can help someone uh, and just say, Hey, I've been there. I know what it's like. It's a powerful testimony for anybody who has uh, lost somebody. And then another person saying that you lost someone too, and this is what helped you. That is a very powerful testimony. Uh, and, and, and there's just something about being able to share your story in listening to someone else's story, and you can cry together, you can uh, share have funny moments together, and you're just doing life. And uh, the the worst thing that you can do when you're going through grief is to experience it by yourself, and you're keeping it to yourself, and and then the consequences of the unresolved grief will catch up to you, and you'll keep others shut out. And meanwhile, your life goes on and you get older and older and you're still stuck and it's not helping. So if you are experiencing unresolved grief, I want you, the first step is to forgive, whether it's yourself or somebody else. You've got to start there. And if you are resisting that, Ask, I want to ask you, why are you resisting forgiveness? Is it because you don't deserve it? Is it because the other person doesn't deserve it? I think, I think that, that whether they deserve it or not, you do. You deserve it. You deserve to forgive yourself. You deserve to forgive others. Forgiving others is not necessary, not, not even really about what they feel. It's about how you feel. It's about you letting go of that bitterness that has been plaguing you for so many years. It's you being able to look in your look in the face of grief and say, I forgive you. And if you can do that, then you will be well on your way 
to having resolved grief and, and have an acceptance in your life. And if you're resisting therapy, I want to ask you why. Why, why are you resisting it? Why not go? Uh, it doesn't have to be for a long time. It might be just, you just might just need to go four or five times and you're done. But you need someone, a professional, to help walk you through it, I think. Uh, depending on how um, unresolved your grief is. So grief is hard. It is difficult. It loss is has a tremendous impact on our lives. I've seen it in so many people in my practice. It's it's just gut wrenching to see the sadness and the sorrow uh, that people have gone through. I know you have gone through. Perhaps you are going through it right now. And so I ask you, what is it that you can do to start? enjoying life again what do you need to do to have resolved grief to resolve your grief and and reach that acceptance phase do you need to forgive yourself or others do you need to go to therapy do you need to tell others and help others in their grief journey don't keep it to yourself and i want you I want you, as you are growing and getting better, I want you to share what you've experienced with somebody. And I would love for you to reach out to me and to let me know what, what is it that you have learned in your grief that has helped you or what you have allowed uh, the, the unresolved grief, what are some of the consequences that you have experienced? I would love to know. I, I would like to know what, what it is that you're working on and and what's been a struggle. So reach out to me. You can reach out to me on Twitter at John P. Cordray. You can find me at um, on Facebook, uh, the Mental Health Today Show. Let me know. I, I would love to know that. And, and by the way, if you are new and or if you have not subscribed to the show, I would appreciate it. Please subscribe and, and give a, uh, a rating and a review that helps my show uh, it helps me rank better and I can help more people. And that's my mission. I, I want to help as many people as I can uh, with their mental health, to work on their mental health. And I want them I want to champion their mental health, like I said earlier. Well, you guys have been great. I really appreciate you. Uh, life is hard, but you don't have to do it alone. You don't. And uh, I, I hope this has helped, and I hope my show has been helpful for you. Uh, be sure to visit my website at mentalhealthtodayshow.com, and you can catch uh, all my other episodes on there, and uh, you can sign up for my newsletter. would love to have you be a part of that community. Uh, and uh, so just, just reach out and let me know what I can do to help you. So anyway... Thank you so much. I'm going to let you get back to what you need to get uh, get to do today. Uh, I appreciate you. And, uh, and until next time, take care of yourself and God bless.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.